Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas, and I'm excited that you're here. And with that, we're going to jump into this week's podcast here in just a second. We're going to hit up our sponsors that help make the show possible. There's lots of companies that I believe in that I think help veterans across the board, whether it's find a job, hire talent, become more efficient in their practice, all those things, right? So these sponsors mean a ton to me. So I know a lot of people will fast forward or skip through them. But if and when you're looking for help and some of the solutions they offer, I would highly, highly encourage you to check them out. And so with that, no further ado, jump into the ads and we'll get right into the show. So thank you for listening and uh, enjoy. I get it, Isaiah. You talk about Bitcoin all the time. Well, as I go out and about, I continually hear the demand for any more Bitcoin education or I don't really understand. I hear you talking about it. I know you're passionate about it. I know you have a lot of conviction, but I need more info. And that's where Bitcoin for Vet Med really came from, was taking, hey, the 10,000, 100,000 hours of time that I've spent and distill it down into bite-sized courses and walking you through of getting a foundational why, a little bit of understanding the technical side of Bitcoin, and then how to grapple with the fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and just the things that you hear throughout the media and giving you the ability to up your Bitcoin knowledge to go from zero to hero and feel a lot more comfortable saying, okay, this is something that matters. And I want to take some of the value that I create and save into Bitcoin. So head over to bitcoinforvetmed.com or click the link in the show notes. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. Finding a job or finding a veterinarian shouldn't be a waste of time. Enter an offer first. Paul Diaz and team have created something really special with Offer First. Some of my favorite reasons are as follows. Candidates and employers will both have values aligned on the first step, not the last. The sign-up process, quick and simple, no resume required. So if you're looking for a job, but you aren't really sure, it's as easy as scrolling on Zillow for a home. And finally, if you have a great match, it's based on your each unique requirements, not random keywords. If you want to learn more, listen to episode 179 with Paul Diaz. We cover all of that. The other exclusive great thing that you're going to get from this ad read and from Paul is I convinced him to give an exclusive discount to listeners of this podcast. So for owners, you're getting a 20% discount on both the placement of any candidate, but also access to the platform. Use VSP if you go to offer first or the easiest way is a link in the show notes. So check it out. Associates, those looking for a job, same thing. Use the link in the show notes. Use VSP if you go directly to offer first, but I will donate and Paul will donate to a veterinary nonprofit of your choosing. So each person that signs up gets a vote. Your votes actually count, which is incredible. And so I'll be reaching out. I will handle that. But there's going to be a donation made for any associate or any job seeker that adds on the platform. We want to make sure that not only does the platform help to make sure that you find a better fit, better culture, better role, but it's also doing good in veterinary medicine. Okay. So Link in the show notes is going to take you to offer first. It's going to automatically apply that, but also use code VSP if you go to offer first directly. And offer first is changing the game of veterinary recruiting. I want each and every one of you to benefit from it. So check them out today. 
Find out for yourself why my friends at Shepherd Veterinary Software are the fastest growing practice management software. They're doing something right. Founded by Dr. Cindy Barnes, Shepherd is an intuitive, easy to learn, streamlines practice management. Built for vets, by vets, it works for you and your team so you have more time to spend on what's most important, your patients. Shepherd automatically updates the medical records, adds services to the invoice, generates discharge instructions, and so much more. Bring home more stories and less stress. Check them out at shepherd.vet. Again, that's shepherd.vet. If you can improve the health of an animal, you do it, right? Of course. That's what makes veterinarian special. You're mission-driven. My friends at LifeLearn are the exact same way. For over 25 years, they've been partnering with you and your peers, providing affordable, customizable online software solutions. These solutions save time, increase efficiency, and assist in managing all aspects of operations. Why? They want to help you improve your partnership with pet owners to improve pet health. LifeLearn has award-winning digital media solutions and are leading the pack as they prioritize having extensive veterinary knowledge throughout their teams. That difference is seen, it's heard, and it's read by thousands of people across the country. Relax, grow, and thrive with LifeLearn. Click the link in the show notes for an exclusive offer to see how LifeLearn can allow you to get back to what you do best. I'm going to revisit an important topic today, that which is Bitcoin, and those that listen are already laughing slash smiling, knowing that I have been talking about this at nauseum for quite a while on this show. But it is something that uh, the topic on Bitcoin I've not talked about prior, but I think is really, really important and want to certainly get that out of there. And I think there's been a number of different things that have happened, which is what uh, spurned this one on. And if you have not listened to my thoughts on Bitcoin prior and are a newer listener, head back to episode 84, 113, and 135. Those are all great episodes. I would listen to them in that order, 84, 113, and 135. I will link to those in the show notes as well. Today's episode is more tactical and meaningful for those that already own it. If you're on the fence, the price has made it significantly more attractive and the exchange rate from dollars is good today, you know, call it a $20,000 level. Yes, for those that heard my prediction at the beginning of the year, the $200,000 by the end of 2022, uh, laugh and laugh again. I'm not going to necessarily take back my claim just yet, but not looking great. So the place, uh, again, for anyone that's wondering, hey, where do I even start? Where do I buy Bitcoin? Swan Bitcoin. It's always been my recommendation. Yes, there's a link in the show notes. It's $10 of free Bitcoin. Yes, it's an affiliate link. Um, yes, I am not shameful about sharing that because I think Swan does a great job and it is a place that is not going to try to promote you to buy other crap cryptos. It is Bitcoin only and I think that's really, really important. You work too darn hard to save in bad money and I think Bitcoin is a fantastic tool to store value over years. I'm not advocating you put in your mortgage payment for the next couple of months there. Um, also, last thing, if you did buy at higher prices than the than it, where it is today, which... Um, it's probably a lot of people, right? So there are tax advantages to selling it and rebuying it instantly to lock in a tax loss that you can write off on your taxes. Again, you can have a loss carry forward of $3,000 per year until you take the entire loss. Unlike stocks, there's no wash sale rule or needing to wait 30 days. So you can literally sell the Bitcoin, rebuy it instantly and lock in that loss. So if you bought at 50K and are cursing my name day after day, um, sell, instantly rebuy, lower your tax bill and wait, and then email me in five years with a thank you and uh, tell me that you actually aren't as mad at me as you may feel at the moment. Anyways, on to today's topic in all um, 
you know, joking aside, taking self-custody of Bitcoin and why it matters, it's super, super important. And I want to walk through this uh, with you. And it's something that there's going to be links because I think some of the content, it might be easier to read. But this is the kind of the, the, the prompt to, to take that step. So Bitcoin is a bearer asset, meaning you can hold the keys to Bitcoin yourself. When you hold your own Bitcoin keys, you're in direct control of your money. And it's not entrusted in any third party, like a bank or a custodian. When you think about, you know, investment assets, typically it's at Vanguard or it's at, um, you know, TD Ameritrade or it's at Axos or Fidelity or one of these other places, right? With Bitcoin, you can actually hold your own keys. Once you determine the risk of holding your keys personally is lower than the risk of a custodian losing them. And I think that is an important piece where early on it might feel really scary, but Again, it is really important that you do this because as part of owning Bitcoin is whoever holds the private keys, and we'll get into all this here in a second, that's who owns Bitcoin. If you have Bitcoin on an exchange, you don't actually have Bitcoin. You have an IOU and you should learn enough and hopefully with help, get that Bitcoin off the exchange and into a wallet you can control with private keys. And again, I'm going to unpack all those different things. There have been multiple exchange hacks in the past and people have lost large amounts of Bitcoin. Don't let that be you. People have recently felt the need to earn yield on their Bitcoin and have lost big, whether it was at Voyager or Celsius, which are recent, recent examples that have their funds locked. They cannot get their money out and the pain might not be over. There could be other, you know, custodians that are like them that promise different things that really don't have it. And even Coinbase and Coinbase is not a good company. Um, I would not tell anyone to buy Bitcoin at Coinbase, um, but in their 10Q, which they filed with the SEC as a publicly traded company, they stated because custodially held crypto assets might be considered to be the property of a bankruptcy estate in the event of a bankruptcy the crypto assets we hold in custody on behalf of our customers could be subject to bankruptcy proceedings and such customers could be treated as our general unsecured creditors aka we own your assets and if we go bankrupt or we're not around um that isn't actually your your stuff that isn't your money those aren't your assets that should scare the hell out of you. So if you're going to hold any amount of, of wealth in Bitcoin, you cannot hold it on an exchange. So there's been two gigantic advertisements for Bitcoin recently, and recently being, you know, last call it 12 months. And the first is the Canadian trucker protest. And again, as the protesters and folks that even donated to the protest had their bank and investment accounts frozen by the government, they quickly unfroze these. Um, but it's something that will not be forgotten quickly. Again, this is a G7 country. This is a country that is not a, you know, you know, third world country. This is, you know, Canada and the United States are very, very similar to each other. And that's something that, again, should wake some people up. The other being Russia and its invasion of Ukraine. The U.S. and its allies froze over $300 billion in foreign exchange holdings, a.k.a. weaponizing money to control a bad actor. Now, I'm not defending Russia here by any means, but it just shows if you disagree with those in power, really is the money that you hold yours? And the answer might hurt, but it's actually no. So if you're going to store any of your wealth in Bitcoin, you have to get educated to take self-custody. I'm here to help. If you're listening to this, I've created a guide for Vince Your Wealth, which, you know, those that know that's the company that I own for clients and advisors on a team that is in-depth. It is yours free, no strings attached. If you email me at Isaiah at DM LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and I'll also post it in the Facebook group as well. I want you to have the information, right? And if you're stuck and you need direction and you're like, oh, I don't know, ping me and I'm happy to help in any way that I can or point you in the right direction to a YouTube video, to a product, to something that can, you know, prompt you. So 
you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me state that Bitcoin is the largest financial story of the 2020s. I want you to be ahead of the curve because the adoption is going to happen. It is happening regardless of the price. I know that might be hard for a lot of people to understand or see, but it is happening. And, um, you know, I want you to be prepared. I want you to, to take self-custody. So how do you take self-custody? Like, let's just get down to, to brass tacks. Like, what does it actually look like? So what you would do is you would either download a mobile wallet, which is a great place to start, but I wouldn't hold more than, call it two grand of wealth on that. Or buy a hardware wallet. Great. Again, these are going to be much more secure. And I reference and walk through a ton of different wallets and why and link to all kinds of resources in the um, document that I referenced above that I'll send anyone that wants it and will be in the, the Facebook group. But also there's a really good um, note in the show notes from Swan Bitcoin talking about wallets as well that you can read and it. It does a good job at explaining stuff. And anyways, so you're going to download or use a hardware wallet and move funds into that wallet you control. That's simple, right? Think about a wallet, you put cash in it, you control that wallet. That's it. So a Bitcoin wallet is just like your real wallet. It's a method of storing value. The main difference with a Bitcoin wallet is that it actually doesn't store Bitcoin inside of it. Bitcoin exists solely on the distributed ledger or the blockchain. Again, all digitally. A Bitcoin wallet stores the keys required to send and receive over that distributed ledger. And Bitcoin uses a public-private key cryptography to secure transactions. When a wallet is created, it has this private key, public key pairing that's unique to it. Only that wallet has that pairing. In cryptography, a public key is used to encrypt a message and a private key is used to decrypt it. So if someone wanted to send you an encrypted message, they would encrypt it with your public key and your private key would be the only way to decrypt that message. So as long as you're the only person that holds the private key, you're the only person that can read the message. So you're the only person that can hold that value. Again, super important. When you hold it with a custodian, they are holding the private keys. So who really owns it? The custodian does. So a private key is generated from your seed words, which we'll cover seed words here in a second. A private key is proof that the entity in control of it has access to spend from the corresponding address. Your wallet will generate a private key for every address it creates. Most users of Bitcoin today, you're never going to interact or interact directly with a private key. It is generally automatically managed by wallet software. You're never going to see it. It's running in the background, but that's what's happening. Public key is used to transa transact to verify the owner of the corresponding private key has created a valid signature as proof of ownership of the funds. Again, general user perspective, you're never going to see that, but those two things are working in the background for you. So Isaiah, you mentioned seed words. What the heck are those? Seed words are a sequence of 12 or 24 randomly generated words created when you make a new wallet. These words are your master backup for the entire wallet should you and should not be shared with anyone or stored anywhere that they can be compromised. Anyone with access to these words can steal your Bitcoin. So I think that can be a little scary, but just think about these seed words are the piece that allows you to back everything up. So the seed words are your keys to Bitcoin. Anyone with control can access your funds. You should store these in a secure manner. Be mindful that if you don't store them securely, you forget where they are. Um, not a good idea to store it on your computer. Back them up on steel, back them up on a micro SD card and store it a separate secure location. Lockboxes are not a good idea. I've had people tell me, oh, I'm gonna store this in lock. No, 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 don't do that. Um, if the actual device, so think about like that mobile phone or hardware wallet gets destroyed, your seed phrase is there to back and restore everything up because again, Bitcoin is stored digitally. So the nice thing is it does not matter if the device gets destroyed as long as you have those 24 words. So it's like either or, so you have these kind of redundancies built in. And that's one of the cool kind of powerful things about Bitcoin. 
So let's take a breather and review real quick. So self-custody is a feature of Bitcoin and you can hold your own keys, again, public and private. And then you have a signing device called a wallet where the funds are held. Then you and only you can move the funds at your discretion. If the wallet would be lost or let's say your dog ate it, right? This, this little device or your phone got destroyed. That's okay because you can back it up because you have seed words and you can restore that wallet easily and can do that across any device, which is really cool as well. So if you had it on a mobile device and now you want it in a hardware wallet or you have a hardware wallet and want it on a mobile device, it's cross compatible, which is really, really cool. And if you wanted to step on a plane after memorizing 24 words and move a million dollars anywhere in the world with you, just in your brain, you have the power to do that. But let's not let that get to your head, but that's something that's amazing when you start to think about that. Try to move $10,000 in cash on an airplane. Couldn't do it. Go try to take out $10,000 from the bank. They're going to ask you a million different questions like, what's this for? What are you trying to do? You know, it's your money though, right? But they're going to like interrogate you like it really isn't your money because they want to know what's happening with it. The cool thing with Bitcoin is you don't have to ask for anyone's permission. You just do it. So if you're going to own $100 worth of Bitcoin on Robinhood, fine. Don't worry about self-custody. And Robinhood actually allows you to take self-custody now. And that's something that has just changed. Um, the one place that still will not let you take self-custody is Venmo. So do not buy Bitcoin on Venmo um, because it's kind of closed where it can only be used in that ecosystem. So it's always going to be that IOU. If you can't actually take self-custody of the Bitcoin, it's always going to be an IOU. So that's always something that if you're going to buy it on XYZ platform and you don't want to do it at Swan or another place that I've you know talked about before in the past, that's fine. Just do it somewhere where you can at least take self-custody. If you're actively saving into Bitcoin, storing your wealth, like you know I've talked about and mentioned at length on this podcast, self-custody is critical. Bitcoin provides you the ability to be in absolute control of your wealth. Self-custody is growing easier all the time. Consider your unique situation and select a storage method that works best for you. Start small. Start and just say, hey, I'm going to download a mobile wallet. Moon, M-U-U-N, is the one that I always kind of demo and show people. Do that, take self-custody, take a couple hundred bucks, $100, $50, bucks, $25, whatever. Send a transaction to yourself, take self-custody, and then send it off from there. It's amazing how quickly you can pick this up. You are all extremely intelligent. I know that you can do it, right? And I remember being really, really nervous the first few times that I did it. I've helped, I don't think it's 50, but it's probably getting close to about that many people take self-custody at this point. The tools and the technology are rapidly advancing, making this so much easier. And again, this is just a high-level foray into the idea of you need to do it. There's nuance to all these different things. I didn't talk about multi-signature. I didn't talk about all these different things. That's in that guide. Again, there's a lot of data in these other resources that'll be there. You're smart enough to do this. It's an amazing feeling when you actually take control of your own money. And it's definitely not as scary as you think. So if you're going to own Bitcoin in any amount that is meaningful to you, whether that is $100, whether that is $1,000 or $10,000 or $100,000, right? You need to learn about self-custody because that is one of the really, really important features that makes Bitcoin valuable is the fact that you can hold your own wealth and you don't have to ask for permission from anyone else. So it is truly the definition of freedom money, FU money, however you want to think about it. But anyways, I wanted to get out something to just encourage self-custody learn about it. And, um, with questions that you have, reach out to me. I am happy to help however I can. And, um, till next time, take care.